1: Welcome into a Monday Scramble special podcast. I'm Will Gray, joined by golfchannel.com senior writers Ryan Labner, Rex Hoggart, and Randy Mell. This is part two of two, as they say, in the business. We're talking the golfchannel.com newsmakers of 2016. Last time we broke it down ten to six, talked about the stories and possibly some that got left out and how we how we put together the list. Now we're focusing on the meat. We're talking about five to one and what was the biggest story. Of the year for 2016. Uh, so let's just go macro. So again, ten, 10 through 6 went Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, USGA, the Sunday final round of Royal Troon, and the Ryder Cup. So now we're going 5-1, to one, starting with Dustin Johnson, your US Open winner at 5, the Jordan Spieth Masters Meltdown at 4, President-elect Donald Trump at 3, the Rio Olympics at 2, and then Arnold Palmer as the top story of 2016, as voted by us. Now, as we said before, we put together about 20 or 25 finalists. We all kind of throw in our ballots, and uh, this is the list that we came up with. So, Lab, as we focus on five to one,
2: what what stands out to you the most? Um, personally, I voted Spieth Masters meltdown a little bit higher. Me too. I felt like that was a storyline that really resonated for. The entire year and kind of dictated where Spieth went yeah. for the following months. Um, during our 10 to 6 podcast, I think we were all in agreement that Ryder Cup probably should have been a little bit higher. Um, so I put them on this list. But if we can just start at 5 with Dustin Johnson, I mean, what was the narrative about this guy heading into this year? He is supremely talented, longest hitter in the game. He just can't get his act together when it comes in golf. The same, it's the same narrative for the last four years Right He's that's the best the, athlete on tour That's the narrative well, his that yeah. has surrounded his entire career He's won every single year on tour The guy can't win the big one And just when it looks like he's going to win the big one At the U.S. Open All hell it. breaks loose They try and take it away from him And he still overcame that adversity I thought Dustin Johnson really showed something This year in terms of What's, what's inside of him And he's a little bit tougher than I think we may have given him credit for
0: yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, because we watched that whole thing through this uh, this cloud of, this fog of angst because of the USGA decision whether or not to tell him. And that, you know, tested, really tested where his mind was at more than anything. I think, and that was so impressive, the way he blocked that all out. Um, and this is a guy that probably had a lot of demons rolling around in his head. He didn't need an extra one added like that. And uh, yeah, to win that way will answer the question uh, better than he possibly could have answered it.
2: He was almost the perfect person to have that situation happen to, too, because it I think, what did he say in their press conference afterward? Just another one that you can add to the list, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you go through what happened at Whistling Straits and Pebble mm-hmm. and Chambers Bay and, I mean, the list right. goes...
3: Well, all the things. Some of them some of them otherwise. For it to add up and for this to be where under these circumstances, it, it was perfectly apropos, considering everything that he had been through. And, and look, I did actually a feature on Dustin going into the championship talking about how how quickly he got over Chambers Bay, how quickly he got over Whistling Straits, how quickly he got over Pebble and all these other setbacks. And a lot of people, including myself to a certain degree, had a hard time wrapping their minds around the idea that that was true. Yeah. That no, yeah. scar yeah. tissue has to build yeah. up. No one is made out of you're, that. Kind you're
2: a human, you're going to feel something.
3: Right? And it turns out that he, he does not human. Yeah, he, he does have short-term <laughs> memory issues when it comes to competition, is what it seems to me. He's not going to let these things get him down. I will I will be very curious to see where he goes from here. We've seen athletes in the past, David Duvall immediately comes to mind that once he got that first one. It was like an avalanche, not so much with majors, but with with, with titles. And I think he certainly has the potential to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's the question with him is, is he going to be driven to do it long term? And how is he going to deal with everything that comes when you do get to number one and everything changes? Uh, You know, because he's not been under the radar, but Rory, Spieth, Day, they've they've taken the brunt of... um, um, the media attention and everything that goes with that and it, we've seen uh, how it wears down players to be the number one player so what happens when he does get there
2: yeah I don't think he's wired to be that limelight type character and I, we, we, we could be we could be wrong but I mean he's got all the tools if you're talking about a player who can be number one for the next five years you look at Dustin Johnson. He improved his putting this year. His wedge game was a substantial upgrade. Obviously, what he's doing off the Not team, a substantial anyway.
1: upgrade. That it was, it was With incre- his an incredible. Oh, his, his wedges yeah. were, were That was, yes. that was oh, yeah. the difference. You want to talk about how many 330 yard drives he hits. That's fine, but that has never changed. It was his ability from 75 to 130. He became just, a top became 10 wedge player. He became a world class yep. wedge player. Which the off-speed pitch.
3: I mean, that's what yeah. he had been missing, and he. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly he developed it.
1: Yeah. And then to follow it up, you know, winning at Bridgestone, continuing that momentum all through the year, player of the year. Probably should have won the FedEx Cup. As an as aside, I, uh, I was
3: never a big fan of Oakmont as a major championship venue until this year. Like, I think this what year. What'd you have against Oakmont?
1: That's, I just didn't that. It's think America's like, toughest
3: course. I mean, wait, it's a America's hard, toughest championship. I, I just don't. I just never saw the appeal until this year.
1: So once you saw it in a mud pit, then you said, yes, no,
3: this is I just, what I want. I looked at the leaderboard, I looked at the way they were playing the course. I think, by and large, the USGA did a very good job of setting, again, the most difficult golf course. Some major championship golf up to be playable. There were actually some scores out there. Shane Lowry shoots 65 on yeah. Saturday. So I, I just really
1: appreciate it for what it is. It, it, just an aside. Okay. Uh, let's move on to number four. I would say Jordan Spieth was the biggest storyline coming into the year, coming off of that historic 2015 season. And, you know, Robert Frost, two roads diverged on the 12th tee for, for young Mr. Spieth and just I, I can't wrap my head around just how different his year could have been. Just find the green. Put it in the bunker. Do something. And you've got back-to-back Masters wins. You've got untold confidence rolling into the rest of the year. But instead, Danny Willard is our Masters champion. And Speed spent the next six, seven months still trying to explain away his shot on 12.
3: And Danny Willard is not on our list. So. Danny Willard, not on not, the list. Not, not, on not on the list. Yeah. For, for a lot of reasons. I, I kind of respect... What Jordan said in the aftermath of that, and it just he—he oh, he didn't 100%. have his swing that—that that way. And look, it was a bad time. It, it's a—it's a hard hole. It had it got him before. Mm-hmm. It, it's got a lot of guys, and I think that it's not so much the tee shot. We were talking about this last night. It's the third. It's lay inside. Yeah. yeah, Come on, that's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that—that that kind of failure um, can just haunt a player for a long time. So for him to actually come back and have a pretty good year says a lot about the the strength of his. Uh, his mind yeah
1: I was down at Colonial when he won and he was trying to play at Coy but you saw after he won just how big it was for him to get back and close something out even just you know not on a major scale but but just any tournament and then we saw throughout the year trying to get back to the majors and next spring is going to be the first of 40 years when he has to go down Magnolia Lane and ask and answer questions about you know the 12th tee in 2016 right. they it. can
0: say what they want about uh, you know how it's, it isn't really weighing them down but until the they prove it to themselves. Get back in that situation and prove it to themselves. You know, it's it's there. Yeah, I think, I think
3: we also learned something about Jordan this year as a player. That as, as talented as he is, very talented, that and he does deserve to be in that top five, top mm-hmm. six category. If if his short game is off, even a little bit, he's going to struggle. Yep, and he's he's, that
2: he's just not a, a world-beating talent, and that's not a knock on Jordan's speed no. because there are very few players who can do that. But when you put Dustin Johnson against him, or Jason Rory. Day against Rory. him, or Rory against him, it's just he has, he has to, he has to, to be well. absolutely perfect to beat yeah. them if they're at the top of their game. And I think you know to 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 Spieth's credit, he had been saying all week at the Masters that his swing wasn't where he wanted it. Let's that wasn't just him making excuses afterward yeah, that he hit right. a poor shot. He had been saying that every single day, but his short game is what kept him in that tournament and kept him ahead of of Rory. They faced off in the in the third round there and I mean he still played pretty good for not having his A A game.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean Rory can win without his A game. Jason Day can win without his A game.
2: Dustin can probably
3: win without his A game. I I don't know that Jordan can do that. Not against a world-class field like this.
1: Mm -hmm. So Lav, you were revealing your ballot a little bit earlier. I think I'll do the same. I think that uh, Donald Trump is overrated at number three. I would go, my top three storylines for the year would go Arnold Palmer, And then Olympics or Ryder Cup, depending on what order you want to put them in, at two, three. And I would drop Trump down to about six. I understand we've got some recency bias, the guys in the news every hour of the day this time of year. But in terms of impact on golf in 2016, you want to
3: recount? Is that what you're asking for with the Donald? We're not going down that that road.
1: But uh, I just, you know, certainly there there was there was impact, and and he's going to be in the news for golf as, as well as politics. But at number three, I'm not quite buying
2: it. Yeah, Randy, you're, you're the one uh, what, in charge of of, of writing this. Come what on, do you he's got? Uh,
0: The president-elect, uh, arguably the most powerful man on the planet, and we've never we've never had someone like that who's so involved. That's, that's why, why he's going to be a big
1: newsmaker in 2017. <laughs> well, in politics,
0: wh- why wouldn't <laughs> he be for the same reason? Uh, no, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and, and then you had throw and throw and in the, the controversy. You had the
1: stuff at Doral. The tour leaves Doral. Okay, you've got the USGA puts their head in the sand about Trump-Bedminster, and then that gamble pays off with the election results and hosting the U.S. Women's Open there next year. I, you know, I just didn't see him as as captivating of a golf storyline as, say, the Ryder
3: Cup. Let's see. I, I I don't think he should be at three either on this list, and we can sit and debate that. That being said, this goes back to what we talked about in a previous podcast. This is about how long that story lives. Yes. And let's be honest. This story has lived since the tour arrived at Doral. Yep. And, and look, I, I'll give Roy McIlroy credit. He was the smartest guy in the room once again when he was asked about the tour leaving Doral, and he thinks about it, and he goes. Let's think about it. At this time next year, he could be sitting in the White House. And wouldn't it be silly for golf not to have some sort of relationship with him? And that's kind of the big picture. If yeah. you could think about the potential impact he has on golf, I certainly see why he deserves to be on this list.
1: All right. I'll, I'll
3: buy that.
2: Yeah, Spill. it was just a storyline that kind of simmered all year. There was never some kind of there was never explosion the like yeah. the... Spieth meltdown well, Dustin Johnson Well see if it or, blows up well,
0: The US Women's Open Goes to his course This yeah, next year 2017 Stay tuned yeah. for 2017 Newsmakers Same time 10. Same channel
1: um, Alright so let's talk the, the two biggest stories Of the year I think that it, It's pretty clear consensus We have the, the Unfortunate passing Of Arnold Palmer And we have The return of golf At the Rio Olympics So certainly A, a bittersweet On, on one and, and a momentous Occasion for the sport In number two Uh, you know, Randy, are you, you have any, any thoughts on these in terms of something drawing you to, to either one?
0: Yeah, I wasn't there like Rex, but, uh, you know, I really had my doubts when it was first announced. I didn't like it. I didn't like the idea of golf being in the Olympics. I just thought, you know, it won't, it won't range as the most important achievement for a player to win that thing, to, to win a gold medal. Uh, but I was totally won over sitting on my couch, watching that thing. It was riveting. Uh, You could see how important it was to the players and it became infectious. Um, Covering the women's game, seeing what happened to the women. And the scene that stands out to me, and Rex, you might have seen this, when the women left the medal stand, they were swarmed by photographers and cameramen and reporters, like they never are. In the women's majors, they never get that kind of almost uh, pop star kind of reaction to them. So it just showed how big that was uh, for the women, and equally so for the men.
3: Well, and I, I think it was the tipping point, right? I mean, we talked about it for months about oh. all the things that were wrong. The golf course wasn't going to be ready. It wasn't safe. The Zika virus. The high-profile withdrawals on the men's side, not the women's side. All of these things, I mean, it just sort of built. You had no idea what to expect when you got there or when you watched it on TV. And uh, from day one, when the men arrived, it was completely different than what anyone expected. It's, it's Ricky hanging out with Michael Phelps and the rest of the USA swim team. It's all of the things about being in the Athletes' Village. It's all of a sudden, you're an Olympian, like, uh, of all people. Bubba Watson put it into perspective very, very quickly that, look, this is important to me, that this is going to be the only time in my life I'll be able to say that. I think the legacy that it left behind is very impressive. Following that will be the difficult part in my mind. Keeping the golf course relevant. Making sure that the gains that golf received because golf is back in the Olympics. Making sure you take advantage of those and the game continues to grow. Because that's what this was all about from the very beginning.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that when we're talking, we we discussed this last time with the Ryder Cup, that you talk about staying power of a story. This was a 12-month story this year. It usually wasn't good news. No. Well, yeah, usually not. But but, but even just even just the the qualification run up of you know is Jonathan Vegas going to slip in at fifty six, or is he going to get knocked out by Buller or whatever? And I don't remember that headline. It was there. It was was huge. It It was the latest news. Colombia, Venezuela. Moving on. Uh, But I think I think Adam Scott withdrew in April. uh, Does that sound about right? And and so. For for the next four months of, of every single player being asked, are you in? Are you out? What's going on? That was a it was a storyline that we saw really affect Jordan Spieth at the Open Championship. I mean, he was Ooh. laboring over that press conference to to announce his withdrawal and, and everything that followed.
2: Yeah, I I, I I I mean, I think we're all in agreement here that the old could still be better. I think we need oh it will be a team it's component. Yeah. Sure. I think
3: you think the t- you think it's every player's going format's to going to change. Uh, I Tokyo? do think the format's uh, going to change. I mean, I won't guarantee it. If the format's going to change. The infrastructure's going to be better. I mean, look, at Rio, it's the first time the Olympics have ever been played south of the equator, and there were always going to be challenges involved, and certainly we ran into those in golf and across all the different sports. If you consider Tokyo already has a golf course in place. They, they right. already have all of these things in place. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be more high profile. Sure. Uh, I think it, the format changes. I think the we won't have those players. Players are going to buy in coming now. up with an excuse not to go. And let's face it, this Zika virus was an excuse not to go. Adam Scott still might not play. Uh, and look, man, I give him credit. How smart does he look now? In retrospect, I, I got out in April. I was done. You know, for all these different reasons. Yeah. Opposed to what Rory has admitted since then that, look, I just kind of jumped on the bandwagon. I should have done it.
1: And Spieth recently also said he regrets his decision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's, he's at least one of those guys. You were talking about Bubba before. Speak is going to have more opportunities to represent the U.S. in all likelihood. But, you know, it's, it's only once every four years. You know, you never know how many bites at that apple you're going to get.
2: Yeah, I think 2020 is just going to be a completely different animal. Every player is going to buy in, every player is going to be jockeying, maybe adding a couple starts, trying to make sure they're in a position to be on that team. If you can add a team component, I think that would maybe create some more drama. You're still just going to have a 60 player field where yeah. it's kind of, you know, Top heavy,
3: and I, I don't know that. You know, again, being on site, you kind of get in that bubble. I don't know that the format was that bad. Like I think specifically the men's competition was very compelling coming
2: down the stretch. I don't. Is, I don't think we're having Rose this discussion him. right now if Marcus Fraser wins.
3: No, we we wouldn't be. Absolutely not. I mean, that's that was probably if, a if, worst case scenario.
2: And if NB Park does
0: not win, yeah, yeah. I think it, it becomes important to us because it's important to the players. When we didn't think it was important to the players, you know, it wasn't as important to us. That's changed. Yeah,
1: for sure. All right, we got to end this on a little bit of a somber note uh, and just discuss the, the passing of Arnold Palmer. You know, the timing, it, it came hours after that dramatic win by Rory McIlroy of the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup. It, it didn't necessarily overshadow the Ryder Cup, but it was a storyline for, for basically the entire week of how that was going to impact the U.S. team. But we saw just the outpouring from players, from golfers, other sports people, politicians, you name it. Arnold Palmer transcended the game of golf and uh, we saw that in in the days that followed his passing. Yeah,
0: listening to uh, players calling to the Golf Channel uh, when the news was broke by Rich Lerner uh, and the telecast started for like, how many days? Nine days or whatever. It was almost nonstop for the Golf Channel. But I'll always remember Fred Couples calling in. And that actually, that night was special because the later it went, uh, into the evening, night, the more big names started calling in. was like and, a telethon. And, and it was, and it got. It was this great, intimate feel where people started feeling more comfortable calling in. And when couples called in and just broke down, that's uh, on the air. That's a moment uh, I won't forget.
3: You, you brought up Roy. I was at East Lake uh, covering the Tour Championship. Obviously, Roy has a great Sunday, and it was in the middle of his press conference when. We we all started kind of getting the news and we're looking at each other. They didn't want us to ask him because obviously it wasn't confirmed at this point. Rory, they didn't want us to ask him during the press conference so we all kind of scrum afterwards and I I just wrote about this because I went back and listened to the tape. We're telling Rory and the Tory media officials telling him, you don't have to comment now. Almost warning him that this is probably let's hold off and not talk about it and Rory wanted no part of it. It was was very much Arnie-esque. It was no, I want to talk about his legacy and he sat there for 15 minutes. And just went on and on and telling stories of having lunch with Arnie. And you're right, across the board, every player had some sort of connection to him. It shows how truly special he was.
2: I thought there was a lot of great tributes at the Ryder Cup, at least until the competition actually began and the bag. things got a little contagious. The cont- bag on the cont- first cont- team cont- cont- was cont- great. Cont- But yeah, the first four days, all players, they're kind of reserved about it and they're sharing their stories about uh, what they like so much. I'll, I'll remember the, the service the Tuesday after the. The, rider the rainbow on the plane is there. Oh, thing. the rainbow. Our Mercer Bags was there. The Sam Saunders eulogy was just Fantastic. tremendous. If you haven't had a chance, Google that. Look it up on Golf Channel. It was just unbelievably touching, and things started to get a little dusty in the room, for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was this what was, uh, Mike McCarley, president of Golf Channel, said. It was a, a day that no one ever wanted to come, but it was a day that you know you kind of had to prepare for and it's tough because he had such an imprint on golf channel as a whole as a co-founder and he was very active uh in the in the formation of the channel none of us would would be sitting here around a microphone if it weren't for for arnold palmer and i think that there's a lot of people that are Related to and connected to golf that would say the yeah. same
0: has anyone ever been so relevant for so long in golf but the guy when he was 82 years old He was third on Golf Digest list of moneymakers behind Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson That's crazy 82 years old and he's on the cover of Golf Digest getting kissed by Cape Upton, right? That's <laughs> true at 82 <laughs> What a guy <laughs> Still
1: a kid. He is he is uh, all right any, any parting shots any any final
2: objections I mean, we can we can pick this list over. My top ten personally did not look like this, but hey, that's why we that's why we have a democracy. That's why we gave everyone a chance to vote. Here, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, here you go. but you know, we, we can all quibble with this a little bit. I would move the. That's part of the fun. The right part of the fun is there. having
1: a little bit
3: of debate. Right? I couldn't imagine sitting here a year ago. I mean, we all knew what the schedule was going to entail and how difficult this year was going to be for everyone in golf because of the travels and the condensed schedule and the Olympics and everything. Uh, the way it played out was even more fascinating. I mean, we knew it was gonna be an eventful year, but that list shows how many things, and the things that we left off the list.
0: Yeah, in the year ending with Tiger Woods showing flashes that maybe he's not done and the promise for Yeah, that extra. just gives
2: everyone a little extra spark now as we go through the, the holidays and look forward to Tory Pines or the desert or wherever he comes back in 17.
1: Before you know it, we'll be back here doing newsmakers of 2017, and we'll be off and running. But for now, I think that uh, we're going to get some rest while we can. For Ryan For Ryan Labner, Randall Mel, Rex Hoggard, I'm Will Gray. Thanks for tuning in to this Monday Scramble special podcast, and we'll see you next time. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Mc Crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.